Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Welcome everybody to another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm your host, Dr. Adriana Popescu, and I'm very excited to have with me today, Jean Border. Jean Border is an intuitive, a holistic healer, a passionate coach, and a mentor for other healers. She incorporates various healing modalities, such as the emotion code, the body code, and emotional freedom technique, or tapping, to help her clients shed emotional baggage that might be negatively impacting their outlook, health, or emotional state. She is the author of the new book series, Energy Healing 101, available on Amazon, Welcome, Jean. Hi, thanks for having me. So happy to have you here. You know, I've had the good fortune of actually working with you personally, and I've had some really amazing results with the different things that we've worked on. Um, Jean and I actually met at an energy psychology conference a few years ago, and um, I've just been super impressed with her work. So tell oh, us you. a little bit, <laughs> tell us a little bit. <laughs> bit about yourself and how you came to do this type of work. Okay, well, I am one of those people who um, had migraines all their life and went to doctor after doctor and neurologist after neurologist and nobody could fix me. And so I lost a lot of confidence in the normal medical field. Because no matter what I did, no matter how many tests they took, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. I had peaks and valleys in my brain waves that shouldn't be there, but they didn't know how to change it. They didn't know why I was having pain. And so I was, I got to the point where I was just trying to fix, fix myself. Clients come to me all the time wanting me to fix them. That's why I say fix. Um, but I was on that path of exploration and I've always been a learner. I, I, I'm always seeking more information, um, whether it's for me or for somebody else, I'm always trying to increase my knowledge base. And back in the 90s, one of the guys that I worked with, he brought this manual, if you will, that he had downloaded off the internet that had all this picture of a person with these points on them. And you would like tap places, you know, you just use your fingers and hit yourself. Um, <laughs> and so we taught each other how to hit ourselves from this piece of paper with all these, you know, this picture of a person with these points marked on it. That was my introduction to the energy world. Um, and it was something called EFT, which now a lot of people call tapping. This engineer guy had come up with this method of moving, making stuff that got stuck in your body flow again. Then he said you did it by, by hitting yourself. He didn't say that. That's my term because that's what it felt like. Um, 
And so this guy's name was Gary Craig, and he was doing something called the emotional freedom technique. And so this guy that I work with, we, we got into this stuff. We started going to like seminars that this guy would have. And that's what I was introduced to him and um, some other people, Carol, look, if you know who she is, I think she's fantastic. She's still in business today. Um, but my goal was to get rid of my migraines and that didn't really happen for me with EFT. A lot of other things, it worked for a lot of other things for me, but I was still searching and still looking. And so you fast forward, a, a, you know, a few years down the road, I'm living in Italy all by myself and I'm always listening every Saturday to podcasts and whatever webinars, whatever you want to call them from the States because they were in English, you know, so I could, it was like a tie to home and it was also helping my, my learning process. And there was this guy, um, Oh, uh, his name was Dr. Bradley Nelson, and he was talking about, you know, he was a chiropractor, and all these years he'd been doing chiropractic, chiropractic work, and then he started noticing that a lot of people's issues were related to emotional stuff. Um, I started, I downloaded his, you know, they do a special offer after all these webinars. They do a special offer. So I downloaded a special offer, and I started doing this protocol that he'd come up with. And then he talked about, there's an um, even more detailed one called the body code that talks about how um, you can break down imbalances in the body in a few major categories. And I thought that was really interesting. And so I, you know, purchased the body code protocols and I taught myself that still on and off working on my migraines. And a few months later, I was just in the house doing something and I realized I hadn't been taking my, my migraine medicine. I hadn't given myself a shot. I hadn't gone in a dark room and thrown up in a couple months. And I'd been doing the body code for like three months at that point. And I'm like, am I imagining this or are my headaches gone? They were gone. They were just gone. <laughs> so for me, I've tried a lot of different modalities and I incorporate those into what I do. But for me, the body code and the emotional code is such an elegant, targeted way of responding to symptoms that people finally notice in their body, which for me, um, becomes the body's cry for help. When you, when something happens over and over in the body, the more it happens, your body can throw off a lot of stuff, right? It can release a lot of stuff. But when it builds up so much, the body just says, enough, enough, enough. I told you to stop. I told you to stop. But we're not trained to listen to what our body's trying to tell us. So with the body code and the emotion code, um, they use something called muscle testing, which a lot of people, have, some people have heard of, not everyone has, but it's a way to tap into the subconscious, not just the conscious thoughts that you have, because you come up with ideas of what you think it might be. When your subconscious has been trying to give you a message, you've just not been able to translate it. Okay, So we use muscle testing 
to translate what it is the body's been trying to tell us and we release whatever it's been trying to, to have us let go of. Whether that's eating the wrong foods, eating the foods, the same food over and over and over until the chemicals build up in your body and you don't give it a chance for the chemicals to work through the way the body's designed for them to work through and your body's saying stop and so it gives you a headache but you don't understand that the headache means stop eating that food for a while until I can process out what you've got in, in here already, right? Um, so now with my clients, I use muscle testing. I use um, a lot of intuition because I'm really tapping into their subconscious and their subconscious tells me what, what's going on. I mean, every, everybody is different. There is no one size fits all which for me is what the medical world was trying to do for me. They have a protocol. They think everybody should follow that protocol. Whether this part of it applies to you or not, this is the established protocol. We have to go through all these so that insurance will cover it or whatever, right? Um, none of my clients are the same. They're all different. We're all different. We have a, um, an energy system within us and a, a chemistry within us that's different from the person next to us. And so every person has to be treated as a person and not looked upon as a protocol. Um, so I'm still learning about energy work. I'm always adding to the techniques that I have that I can pass on to my clients. Um, guess that was a long explanation. <laughs> No, but it was great. And there's so many things I want to follow up with. Um, right. Yeah, like this idea that one size does not fit all. That's a theme oh. that's been running through all of the podcast interviews I've done so far. And I'm so grateful and appreciative for that because it's true. When you go to the doctor, like if you went to the psychiatrist or even your primary care doctor with depression or anxiety or something along those lines, you know, the standard protocol is, well, take these pills, we'll write you a prescription, take these pills, and hopefully you'll feel better. And if, oh, if you get horrible side effects from these pills, let's give you a prescription for these other pills. And, oh, you still have side effects? Well, then let's give you a prescription for the side effects. And I mean, this is like, to me, this sort of Band-Aid approach that's never really getting to the unique root of what it is for each person. Depression does not have one root cause for everybody, right? Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, and what's interesting is I can be working on a client with, and here's a real life example. I was working on a, a guy with migraines, right? Because people know that I don't have them anymore. So they want to know what I did. So I was working on this guy who, like me, he had migraines all his life. He, you know, took all the pills. He had the, the sinus surgery, all kinds of weird things that doctors would come up with to try to figure out what was causing the, the headaches. And one day after one of our sessions, he says, yeah, my doctor took me off my, my depression medication because he said he didn't think I needed it. I'm like, I didn't know you were on depression medication. We were working on your migraines. So all these things that your body tries to get your attention, right? Um, and only those signs only pertain to you. The person next to you might have totally different signs, symptoms, whatever you want to call them. But if you go to the doctor and say, you know, I, I just don't feel like myself. Well, the first thing, they're, they're going to ask some questions, rule out a few things. And then they're going to say, well, let's try the Prozac or whatever. 
right? And what the the pills that they push at a certain time is, um, it's like, to me, it comes across as flavor of the month. <laughs> okay, depending on what's being pushed at that time, either by the pharmaceutical companies or by the insurance protocols or whatever's driving their, their thought process. When really all they do is mask the symptoms, they don't even look for the cause. So what have been some of the things you've seen? I mean, most people, I think, that go to um, a doctor or even seek therapy, usually they're dealing with one of a few things. Um, it's usually something like depression or anxiety. And so I'm wondering, um, what have you discovered have been some of the other root causes besides sort of the standard you know, Western medicine explanation, which is there's a brain chemistry imbalance of some sort. What have been some of the things you discovered maybe underlying those conditions? There's this idea, um, and I've heard this said over and over. I've heard higher numbers, but I'm more conservative. And I'm gonna go with 80% of all dis-ease in the body um, is created by emotional stuff that got stuck didn't process out the way it was designed to process out. When you build up enough of that imbalance in your body, it shows up as symptoms. Okay. Here's a, for instance, one of the clients that I work with, um, she says every from Thanksgiving to new year's day, every year, I am just so I get so sick. I just, it starts just before Thanksgiving and every year I lose that part of the year because I am just, it's something. I'm just so sick and I just need to be by myself. Well, when you actually start talking to the subconscious, what came through for her had nothing to do with environmental issues or being sick. Um, when she was in college, he was raped by a serial rapist. And so her body was still inside that rape memory which happened just after Thanksgiving. Okay, now this serial rapist went on to kill his future victims, if you will. So she was lucky on one hand, but on the other hand, when she opened the door to her apartment and he forged his way in, she was still, everything is fear that this time of year, I'm in such grave danger that I need to protect myself any way I can. So that showed up as being sick so that she could isolate herself so she wouldn't be subjected to unsafe experiences. So once we realized what it was, then we closed the door on that experience. Ta-da, now she can enjoy the holidays. Right, right. And that's what is happening so much of the time for people, right? Is things that aren't, things that are associated with a traumatic or upsetting, emotionally upsetting event could be anything. Could be what you were eating at the time, right? It could be, the environment you were in, all of that stuff ends up getting coded into your long-term memory, right? Yeah. Along with the memory itself of this experience and all this emotion goes in with it. And then sometimes other things, like you happen to be eating ice cream when you, know, you were getting screamed at. And so now yeah. every time you eat ice cream, your body has some sort of response to it. It's almost like it's unprocessed or like unresolved material. It sounds like what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So even somebody who's in a, a a room where something bad happens and they're looking at an orange wall and now they develop an allergy to citrus. You know, they can't, sorry about that. There's a phone ringing. Um, they're, 
allergic to citrus. They're not really allergic to citrus. It's triggering this memory of, of being so afraid in this room where the orange is what stuck in the, that that correlation was made, which is a very, um, it's illogical to anybody else, but the brain works in interesting ways to try to keep you safe, right? So if that's an unsafe situation, then eating that orange brings back that unsafe memory. So now the orange is unsafe. So once you use this muscle testing to discover what the underlying issue is, how do you then clear it or resolve that for people? Okay. Well, the energy exists, right? Energy can be changed into something else. It can't be destroyed, but it can be changed into something else. Um, and so what we do with the muscle testing and asking questions of the subconscious, um, a lot of times before I'd start with somebody to just address the symptom itself, I ask the questions and I muscle test the answers. I want to be sick. I want to be well. Because sometimes when, by the time people find me, they have become enmeshed in whatever label the medical profession has labeled them with. And so now they're part of a community when they were alone, right? Because they were the only one going through that whatever that hardship was, but now they have fibromyalgia. So now they're with a group of other people. They feel validated. They didn't make it up. It really existed. But the question is, why are you experiencing these symptoms that the medical professional has, profession has labeled as fibromyalgia, right? So once we get through to the place where it's safe to be well and safe to leave all the support that that label gives you. Now we can address the question, what allowed those symptoms to build to this level in the first place? And in order to do that, we have to go back, work our way back to the beginning. It's, you think of an onion and we peel the layers of the onion away to get to the very soft, squishy center, right? Um, and we do that through muscle testing by asking, is there something, some imbalance, that we can release, change, balance um, right now that had something to do with why this started in the first place. And as we work, some things are not safe to do yet. So we leave those alone for a later session when the subconscious understands that, okay, it's safe to let that go. But you ask, a, I, I say muscle testing is a binary process. It's either yes or no. And if you're not getting a clear answer, you're asking the wrong question, okay? So I want to be sick, can only be yes or no. I want to be well, can only be yes or no. If there's any, any um, ambivalence in there, we work through the ambivalence, right? But only your subconscious, even though you've done everything you can to get better, to get better, but there's something in the subconscious that might be saying, it's not safe for you to get well. Because now your husband is who is your primary provider. He may not be as attentive, maybe, as he is when you're in major pain, right? Or your kids might start acting out and they don't do that when you're in a dark room with the lights turned off, right? Um, or the kids might feel 
like it's okay now to go play with your friends rather than stay here to make sure you're not passing out. So even though those are things you don't want to happen, the subconscious may be afraid to let those go. So we ask the question, is there something we can release today that has something to do with these symptoms? And we work through till we get to where it's safe and now you're happy to have a different life than the one that has become so familiar. Does that make sense? Totally. And, and so once then you get someone congruent, because that's how I understand it, you're that's, getting them energetically, correct. consciously right. in their conscious, yes, of course I want to get better, but then subconsciously there's a part that says, no, 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 no. You clear up that ambivalence and then you get the person congruent with whatever it is they're asking for. Right. And, and you work with people, not just around like physical health issues or mental health issues. It could be, you know, you and I've done some work around business, you know, and like helping me be more successful with my business and where are the blockages with that. So I know that when, when we're working together, I'm telling you what's happening and you're doing muscle testing, but you're, but you're mostly quiet. Like you're not, I'm not really doing much. What are you doing when, when all of that is happening? Um, when all that, I, yeah, I tell people all the time, I multitask really well. And so I can carry on conversations while I work, but sometimes I'll get really quiet. And that's when I, I am focusing really intently on something and I'm listening. Um, the, the more you work with energy, the more intuitive you become. And the answers come to you before you even have to go through the protocols of actually muscle testing. Okay, so I'm on one side of the country and you're on the other side of the country. So how am I muscle testing you without having you hold your arm out or <clears throat> sway forward or sway backwards or whatever you've seen everybody else do? Um, we're connected right now. We're on different sides of the country. I'm using Wi-Fi. I don't know if you're hardwired into your, to, through a landline, through an ethernet, to the communication system, whatever it is, but I'm using Wi-Fi. The same is, the same process applies to muscle testing over long distances. I have clients in the Netherlands. I have clients in Canada. I have clients in Florida. Um, I've worked with people in the Caribbean. Distance doesn't matter. I don't need to touch you to muscle test. Um, is the muscle strong on this answer or weak on this answer? I can, there are, you'll see people use all kinds of methods to muscle test. It's just like Wi-Fi. Um, I, I put myself, if you will, inside your energy field. And so I muscle test my, I, I use fingers. You can do all kinds of methods. Um, I use myself as a proxy for you. Okay. So I'm inside your energy field when I ask these types of questions. Um, is there something that it's safe to release right now that has something to do with, um, growing your business to the level you want it to be something is there something standing in the way of the goal you set um 
And the more you do this, like I said, the answers come before you even have a chance to muscle test. For some people, it's a very fast process. They're so used to this type of connection that the answers are just boom, 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 and the questions come in. That, when I work with new healers, the thing that I'm most interested in making sure that they build their skills in is the questions they ask. Because you can ask a very basic question and that's very useful. But the more targeted the question is specifically to you and your situation, the more targeted and direct the answer will be to provide value to the client, right? Um, so I work very fast as well. So a lot of times I'm not telling you what I'm finding until maybe the end of the session. And in general, I'll tell you, okay, when I started out working on this because that just popped in my head like now, 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 right? And, and there's usually a priority of, um, my clients will have multiple things they want to work on, but in a, in a half an hour session, I typically don't just work on one thing. There's always tendrils that reach out, fractal patterns, if you will. Um, what's affecting this part of your life is bleeding over and affecting this part of your life and bleeding over and repeating in this part of your life. So sometimes I start with the business and that leads me to something physical and that leads me to something emotional and that leads me something in childhood or something you absorb from someone else. Um, so I listen to my intuition to, to determine which priority comes first in the session, when to leave that alone and let that settle, if you will, let the body get used to the changes that are happening in the energy field. And then when to go into something else, the chances are it's related, but not directly. There's not a direct correlation, but it's affecting something else that you've brought up to be addressed to that in that session. Um, and by the end of the session, it, it's wrapped around through all the, say, three things that we addressed during that session, right? They were all related in some way. So muscle testing and intuition is really key, but learning how to ask very targeted, specific questions provides the best result. And what I love about what you're saying too, is you're acknowledging the oneness of everything and the connectedness of everything. I think again, you know, in our culture, as well as in, you know, medicine, traditional or even psychiatry, it's also um, compartmentalized, right? Business is over here, body stuff is over here. Um, you know, you go to this type of specialist for this issue, you go to that type, you go to the head doctor for therapy and you go to the, you know, um, uh, psychiatrist for medicine and you go to over here for this. And, you know, if you have a foot issue, you go to the podiatrist and it's just so fragmented. And what I love about what you do is that it's so much more integrated Right. And not only that, you're you're integrating all these different potential um, root causes or compounding factors. Right. Because I'm I, yeah, like I'm, I, we start off on business, but then it turns out my body has some sort of imbalance and maybe that imbalance in my body 
is related back to and I love this piece of the work it's something I hadn't really done before sometimes it's not even something that happened in my life but it's something that happened you know to my ancestors there's this big piece it seems of emotion code and, and body code that is also addressing ancestral issues right can you talk a little bit about that yeah um if you look at dna there's so much of the dna strands that have not been decoded i'm gonna say right um so much of it that's just junk at this point to the researchers they're trying to figure out what's there in my world some of that is genetic memory that's what i'm gonna call it something that happened to an ancestor 14 generations ago um say your i don't know how many greats that is <laughs> um grandmother um had an illness that was not completely cured healed whatever hadn't processed out of her body by the time she conceived a child okay and then that illness that imbalance that is on part of the dna that she passes to that fetus um is now passed down okay so that's like a sickness imbalance if you will um same thing with emotions someone has a near-death experience right they almost drown and and they they come back with that fear of water and five generations later people have an irrational fear of water and they don't know why well when we release that inherited fear if you will sometimes the client now loves the water and that's not because I gave him swimming lessons <laughs> okay that's not because I said always wear a floaty in the water just the the part that got encoded in the DNA strand and became part of their who they were was now resolved that energy that imbalancing energy was changed or balanced or smoothed out or whatever words you want to use um energy can't be destroyed but it can be changed um i have clients who um work in service industries like hairdressers they're in situations every day where they're hearing all the gossip the they may work with people who do a lot of backbiting um just negativity and so i teach them a very simple technique um that i call an energy shower just if if you don't want to do it you know when you're first learning if you don't want to do it around people just say i need to run to the restroom and then you go in there and you imagine yourself taking a shower and washing all this other people's stuff off of them all the negativity and you watch it just swirl down the drain you can be in a, a standing in a waterfall you can be standing in a shower but all that healing white light energy is just coming down and washing all that negative emotional stuff off of you and you watch it swirl down the drain and go back into the earth to be used for something good and then they can come out and be calm and finish whoever's hair they're working on or nails or whatever it is um, and not carry other people's stuff with them. A little bit different than inherited, but it's almost like you're absorbing other people's stuff. When I, and as soon as I hear a client say, well, that's just not me. Well, chances are it's not them. They've picked it up from somebody else 
and they have to learn how to get rid of it so that they can get back into their perfect energy, their perfect song, what they're supposed to be bringing to the world, not stuff they've picked up from, from other people. Right. Exactly. And I love what you're saying about the whole, really, you're talking about epigenetics, right? And how, exactly. um, and that's just this fascinating new research that they're finding how um, our experiences shape our genetics and those genetics get passed down generation to generation, not just in humans, but in all kinds of animals. Um, so there's a huge, you know, study, if you, if you guys are curious, look up epigenetics and see what some of the interesting research has been um, and how, you know, I've been reading, um, I'm going to be interviewing Dawson Church, who's one of, you know, a fellow ASAP member who's done um, a lot of research with EFT and um, he wrote a book called Mind to, uh, Mind to Matter and he talks about that, that very concept of how like our mind, what we're thinking, what we're experiencing, what we're feeling actually changes the energy which creates the matter in our bodies like they'll see that um the energy of of a cancer exists in someone's energetic field before it actually becomes a tumor in the body right so you're really working in that realm with the energies right that are creating physical issues or emotional issues like there is no separation to me energy is the common denominator with all of it right so if we that's shift exactly the energies right. we shift that's the thoughts we shift the feelings we shift the physicality the material stuff it all comes down to energy and if you identify where that energy is imbalanced and then you shift it in some way then the material will change as well or the thoughts or the whatever it is that's stuck it's, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around because I think our minds just are not, um, this is never something we like learned in school or anything. Yeah, that's what, what frustrates me about the medical profession is you go to a specialist and they look for something in their field. But it may be something totally different, but they don't think of the body as a whole unit. They think, it of as, think of it as separate parts and this is my part. So what they <clears throat> might recommend might be true if that really was your issue, but if your issue is really in a totally separate part and it's just affecting something else, they've missed the boat. And they're fine with that. And I'm not. <laughs> so um, that's, that's really the big difference. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess I just think of it more like if, if people need sort of a visual or something to kind of grok this, it's like, you know, that expression of the butterfly flaps its wings over here and the effect is felt all the way over there or like dropping a rock in a pond and those, those ripples go out like the whole pond and everybody, all the fish and whatever, they all feel that effect of you putting that rock and changing that vibration, right? So yeah, it's much more of how we actually function rather than this fragmented compartmentalized parts oriented thing that you're talking about. So this has all been super interesting. I'm wondering if there's something we could share with the viewers and listeners, um, like an experiential thing or something we could teach them about this, you know, amazing work that you're doing. Something they can well, do. If, if you're willing to be a guinea pig, we can do a very quick muscle testing ex um, example. And actually they can do it along with us if they're not driving a car or something like that. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. 
So um, do you have a place where you can stand? Yes, I can get, I can go behind my chair here. Okay. <laughs> um, I need you to, you might want to raise your laptop up just slightly if you can, because I'm only seeing your chin. That's there. better. Okay. Okay, so stand with your feet slightly apart and your hands down by your sides. Just come, just relax them beside, there you go. Okay, now close your eyes. Well, we're gonna think and talk about the worst thing you can think of. We're gonna talk about hate so intense that it starts affecting you. That it starts affecting mm. people around you it starts affecting your family you don't know why it's there you just know that this person is putting off such hate towards you so i'm noticing my body is really wanting to sway it's moving, right? Like it's not something I'm controlling and that it's, it's kind of swaying back almost so far back that like I'm losing my balance. Okay. Now we're leaving that person and we're walking towards a newborn baby who's just laughing or smiling, not quite laughing yet, but it looks like it's smiling. The mother's holding the baby. Everyone around is smiling. Everyone feels such peace. Well, that's easy to connect to because there's a daycare right there where I can hear the kids like laughing and screaming and all of that. Um, and I noticed that when you, when I tap into that, my body wants to go forward. And that's muscle testing. You can sit now. <laughs> so it's like I'm moving toward or away from kind of the, the thing that you are, um, that, that you are suggesting, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And that's a very basic example, but that's something we call the sway test. Your body naturally gravitates towards the good and away from the bad. That's why you were falling backwards when we were talking about hate and you were falling forwards when you talked about peace and love than the newborn child who's pure right and and happy um that's a very basic form of muscle testing um most people actually experience it the same way you did with the body swaying but some people just feel it in their body the body doesn't actually move but they feel it um some people when I start talking about negative things, they feel it in their gut. Their gut just gets all tense and tight. And then when you think of love, they start to feel it like their heart's opening. Some of my clients that I work with, you're ripping my heart right out of me. It's so funny, the different reactions I get from different clients. Some are very self-aware. Some are very energy um, aware. And some, like one client 
um, he says, I don't know what you're doing, but, but I'm coming next week. <laughs> uh, he doesn't feel it when I work on him, but he doesn't have any anxiety attacks, no more headaches. He's lost, you know, 17 pounds at this point. So it's very interesting the way energy affects people differently because even though we have similar systems, every individual is unique. Even twins are not exactly the same. Okay. Um, I haven't worked with clones, so I can't talk about those. But for people who are born, you know, the only way that I've worked on them, no two people are alike. And exactly. no two respond to energy the same way. But there, there are similarities that we can use to base certain protocols on, right? And thank you for doing that uh, example with us. The other just quick thing I wanted to add um, with that kind of sway test, it's also really useful for getting clear on what kinds of um, like foods or substances or even like um, supplements, things, whether your body wants it or not, you could easily just hold like if this was like, let's say this is water, you know, like I could easily, but it could be any kind of drink. I could hold it in front of me and see if my body moves toward it or away from it to see if my body actually requires that. See, like right now, my body's moving away from the water. It doesn't want it. Um, I can, I've done, I've used that sway test to help me get more clear around foods that I'm sensitive to or like just getting more awareness of what would actually support my body rather than maybe create a, a more negative effect, like I'm going to feel sick after I ate it or something like that. So that's a great application of it as well. Exactly. And for people with migraines, I would suggest that they try that. Okay. That's a very useful tool to figure out what foods you're sensitive to. Now, I do want to say that just because you're sensitive to a food doesn't mean you're sensitive to all versions of it. All right. People will muscle test which cereal is okay for me today. And that's another issue. The body chemistry changes all the time. So what food you might be sensitive to today may work out of your system by tomorrow, and you may, may be okay to the food that has that chemical in it. For migraine people, there's something called tyramine, which is a very common chemical. It's, it's in bananas, it's in peanut butter, it's in hummus, it's in chickpeas, um, it's in avocados. So people think they're eating healthy when really they're compounding this chemical in their body that their body gets too much of and can't throw off right? That's, that's a well-known migraine trigger, if you will. Um, but if they wait three days and that tyramine can process out of the body enough, maybe they can eat that avocado the next day. And so it will test okay. That doesn't mean your muscle testing is off. That means your body chemistry changed. And it changes based on your stress level. Like I know this was when I was really sick with my Lyme disease. I had a lot of food sensitivities you just have to be mindful of not assuming that it's permanent. Like, oh, well, because the doctor said I was allergic to dairy, therefore I will always be allergic to dairy. That was not my experience at all. It would ebb and flow. My sensitivity would ebb and flow based on my stress level, um, if I had a lot of emotional stuff going on, whatever it was. It, it varies because, I mean, if you just even look at the straight science, like, you don't have your cells turn over every few days. You have a completely different set of, um, you know, tissue in cells in your gut, like every, I don't know, couple of weeks, however quickly it regenerates. 
right? So you're not the same in this moment as you were yesterday or as you were 10 minutes ago or as you were 10 years ago. Your body is always shifting and changing. Your energy field is always shifting and changing. Even when you go to like an allergy doctor to get allergy tests, if you go to a different one next week, they're going to want to do their own tests. It's not, and I always thought that, it, you know, well, it's because they don't trust the other doctor, you know, your body changes from day to day. And so the, even the test that that doctor runs today would be different five days from now. But you take it as a point in time as being stagnant, and it's really not. So, Jean, we need to start wrapping it up. Tell us a little bit about how people can find you. Maybe tell us a little bit about your book and where they can get it. Okay. Um, just my name, jeanborder.com. That's my website. I also work on animals. I didn't tell you that part. Um, so there's a different website out there that's geared for the animal world, which is um, energyhealingfordogs.com. Um, it's always fun to work on animals. Uh, but sometimes I, ha I end up working with owners on end-of-life discussions. You know, is, is the animal ready to go? Animals typically hold on longer than they should because they don't want to leave their owners. Um, but sometimes it just gets to that point. But, um, yeah, the Energy Healing 101. What can energy, do for, energy healing do for me? It's a very short book um, that explains a little bit about what energy healing is, how it can affect your body, and some examples of some of the, the clients that I've worked with. Um, I've got the first book out there. I've got another um, journal, if you will, that'll be up there so out there soon. It's on Amazon. Um, and it will be a journal that will be good for like 365 days. And you can work, if you're, if you're used to working on energy issues with yourself, it can be standalone item for you to look at every day with questions to explore every day and once a week is an accountability day when you look back to see what did I do what didn't I do and then one day a week is an energy day where you either do energy healing on yourself or you schedule a session with the person that you work with to address the issues that were that you journal about during the week um, so that's on Amazon. Uh, what else can I tell you? Oh, during the coronavirus, when it was just ramping up really strongly, my clients were freaking out. Um, such fear. Um, and energy healers, people who are more susceptible to energy fluctuations, we all got inundated with the fear, with the insecurity, with, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Um, and so it, it would come in waves, you know, so as you would feel it, you had to understand what it was and try to like put out light through the world to try to do something to mitigate the fear that was out there. And so one of my clients <laughs> who's been on me forever to create something like on YouTube so people could see what I do and all that kind of stuff she created a YouTube channel for me and she made me record some things. So there's, there are some EFT sessions out there for people who are, are feeling insecure and fearful during the, it was geared towards the coronavirus world, but you could use them for other things. I think one of them is geared for teachers. 
but for the most part, it's just the person sitting at home who doesn't know what to do and feels so impotent because it's just stuff we can't control. But um, so there's some EFT videos out there if awesome. people tap along. And we will we will add those to the show notes so people okay, can cool. get those links. And I think you know what I am just really wanting people from just everything you just said is for people to know, and part of the reason why I even do this podcast and have these amazing guests on here is to really um, show people that there is another possibility available, that just because you have this set of symptoms they're calling this diagnosis does not mean you are stuck with it, does not mean you will suffer with this for the rest of your life. It's all energy, and energy is malleable, and we can change it. And with these technologies, these tools and techniques, you know, that Jean has been so generous to, you know, talk about with us today, we can change those things and we can take ourselves out of the pain and suffering. So I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on today. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Um, two. Number one, what you believe to be true is true for you. So think about what truths you attach to yourself, to your financial situation, to your environment, to your physical well-being. Because awareness is the first part of change. And be very aware, number two, be very aware of the language you use. Um, for some of my clients, is I'm always sick. Well, if you use those words, I am always sick, your subconscious will do everything it can to make that true for you. So whatever comes after the words I am is critical for you to notice. That's the first part of awareness, which will then allow you to decide, where am I now? Where do I want to be? Thank you, Jean. You're welcome. And thank you so much for tuning in to our episode today. If you like this podcast, please do click like and subscribe and pass it along to anyone else you think might benefit from knowing that there is another way to look at and treat all kinds of issues, including those we call mental disorders. So I'm Dr. Adriana Popescu signing off till next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.